Hey, this is Dan Grubb, and that is Aaron Fletcher-Smith. And this is the Dan and Aaron Like-O-Rama music. that on been, 78 yeah i've been practicing uh, my my uh throat singing but unfortunately it ends up just becoming full voice singing at a certain point wow that was that was something yeah who uh so yeah it, it, <laughs> it's in here i'm only 50 percent sorry about that by the way with <laughs> <laughs> uh uh wow uh, so yeah, we are taking a break from the terrible things happening worldwide. Yep. Uh, and I mean, they're, they're, they're anyway, uh, and talking about a couple of things that we love. Yeah. In this episode, Aaron, where do you? What's the thing that you like so much? You know what the thing is that I like so much, Dan. What's you know that? what? You know what I find absolutely riveting. And it's one of the few things that uh, uh, got me excited about going into work every day for many years. What's that? <laughs> uh, logistical standards. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! And more particularly, Wait, military. Do you hear that? Military standards. Do you standards. hear the sound of everyone hitting stop on their phones? <laughs> Papa, can you hear me giving up on this podcast? <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I, I'm singular in this love. It's maybe me and like maybe 12 other people in the wide, wide world. Well, when you started telling me about it, I was like, oh, okay, that is cool, yeah. though. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think uh, if, if for all the people who are not Aaron, check <laughs> it out. It's actually really interesting. And all cool. right. All right. So... Um, I'm actually going to start um, this uh, podcast with, remember how you said that we weren't going to talk about any of the horrible things that are going on in the world right now? Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about one of the horrible things that's going on in the world right now. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay. I shared this story with you last night when we were playing D&D. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's a good story. Okay. It's a good story. It, um, it's very apropos. Of, yeah. Yeah. It's perfect yeah. for what we're going to talk about. Um, so, uh, so you know, a uh, person listening in the future, it is March 4th. The Batman just came out. We haven't seen it. Uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, what, like two weeks ago now or almost, one week? Yeah, two and a half weeks ago, basically. Yeah. And God, it was this, a. This thing's going so fast. It's crazy. <sighs> Yeah, and the news cycle it just moves so fast, and and it basically ends up making it feel like it's perpetually never ending. However, yeah, but anyway, was, uh, the, by the time this comes out in two days, mm-hmm. everything going on now will be outdated. But you right. had this very interesting story. That was yeah. great. That's true. Uh, by the time that this podcast comes out, there will be nuclear war on the dance floor. Um, <laughs> nuclear war on the dance floor. Anyway, um, sorry. That guy always um, reminds me of, especially on that song. Yeah. It reminds me of um, in Weird Al's wonderful movie UHF. Yeah, there's a really short song um, where uh, the the Stooges song uh, "I Want to Be Your Dog." They did a thing. Let me be your hog. Do, 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 do. Let me be your hog now. Oh, baby, 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 baby. Wait, Wait. the Stooges as in Iggy Pop and the Stooges? Yeah. Oh, but my then, God. But then Weird Al covered, he did his parody of it, Let Me Be Your Hog. And he's like, <laughs> oh, baby, 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 baby. <laughs> it was a little like, eight second clip in the movie but it's oh, really man. funny i gotta go back and see and, and see that now um because uh, i didn't I even realize watch. there are so many bit parts in uhf that every time every time that it would come on 
uh, cable forever and a day ago in, in, in a pre-streaming world, I would watch it and I'd be like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a future episode for sure. That means yeah. it's perfect. Hell yes. Um, but so, you but, have your, the story. Yeah. So um, we're going we're gonna to start with this great story um, by one of the guys um, that uh, I just recently discovered on Twitter. And as a result of just recently discovering him, I've, I've basically fallen in love with all of his tweets. And I'm going to see if I can find the tweet, because if I can find it, I can, I can read some of the bits to it. Oh, you know what I can do? I can do it this way. Let me do this. Because I, I, there, it there it is. Okay. It's, it's fascinating. It, uh, okay. So, um, <clears throat> during the, um, over the course of the past two weeks, it's March 4th, uh, 2022, um, over the course of the past few weeks during the um, Russian invasion of Ukraine, one of the things that happened was that um, a series of heavy trucks, including um, missile trucks, uh, was they, they tried to drive them into uh, Ukraine. Well, these missile trucks basically kind of stopped. And um, people started to get pictures of the trucks. And this dude, um, if you want to follow him, uh, uh, his Twitter handle is at Trent, T-R-E-N-T, Telenko, T-E-L-E-N-K-O. He's an ex-Army logistician, uh, so like right up my alley. But he he started looking at and then proceeded to uh, start to analyze uh, some of these pictures of these trucks. And the conclusion that he came to was basically, wait a minute, I mm -hmm. recognize the issue that's going on with some of the tires on these trucks. Um, he, he was very specifically calling attention to the giant tires because the tires on these giant missile platform trucks are about the height of like you and I, right? They're about five foot and change. Um, the thing that he was pointing out was look at the way that the tires have blown on these trucks and look at the way that the tires have um, worn themselves into the mud. Um, this indicates that all of the standard logistics on these NATO base plate trucks has been completely forgotten and abandoned. And he goes further, and, and this is the part where I just love it. He goes into detail, and let me take a step back and I'll explain why I love military standards and and. and Standards in general, but really, really, I love military standards. For me, it's like a perverse power trip in that it's one of the few times that a person at a middle like pay grade or or a like standard grunt can stand up to somebody that has four stars on their chest and go, I told you, I told you, and I put it in documentation that you mm -hmm. signed off on. And not only are you wrong. But you now have to admit to the fact that you were right once and have now chosen to be wrong. <laughs> it is one of the most perversely satisfying things in my job. Mm. And I absolutely love it. And I chosen you were right at one point and have chosen to be wrong. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, that is fun. That feels it is, good in the mouth. Oh, it's perversely satisfying. Yeah, and and so that roll around on my tongue. <laughs> there was a point where you chose to be right, and you signed your name to the document saying that you understood what it meant to be right, and you have now chosen to be wrong, contradicting what you signed your name to. Um. So yeah, dude goes into like a lengthy series of. I mean, it's not just a single Twitter post; it's a thread. And he's got pictures of like the drivetrain and pictures of like pressure imbalances on these NATO tires and stuff like that. And it's all, it's all of this stuff that I love. Right. And all of it boils down to um, kind of a single core thing, which is uh, standards and particularly military standards are put in place for a reason. 
And it is to keep these pieces of equipment that are going to be sent to harsh environments working for years and years and years on end, provided that certain little things are done at certain little intervals in time in order to give them proper care and maintenance, right? Um, Every piece of military equipment out there, if you boil them down to their core, is either a car or a computer. And so, (laughs) so, right, a tank is ostensibly still a car, right? A giant missile truck is ostensibly still a car, okay? A complex NORAD DEFCON anti-missile defense system is essentially still a computer. A rack of servers in the NSA that is responsible for the certificates that go out to everybody is still a computer. So all of the standards fall into one of two generalized categories. It is either a car or a computer. And then there's a specialized third set of categories for ships and afloat platforms. And uh, water is where everything gets really weird. Um, but uh, <laughs> Now, if Kevin Costner had put that on the Waterworld poster, I think it would have been more of a success. In a world where all military mm-hmm. equipment essentially boils down to being cars or computers, <laughs> ships is where it gets really weird. Water Kevin world. Costner stars, yeah. <laughs> water world, or water is where things get weird. <laughs> Coming this summer. Um, so, yeah, the um, so all of the military standards are basically written to do, to, to instruct um, Joe Army or Fred Saylor, as I like to refer to them as, uh, the end user, um, the, the, the standard grunt, it, it, they are written to instruct this 18-year-old fresh out of high school on how to do proper care and maintenance on their equipment, right? I guess the, 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 the third category, but the third category I always forget about is also a gun, right? Um, but I, I've just never worked in, in the shooting side of, um, military equipment so that's why that i always forget that but it's it's a gun a car right. or a computer um oh, okay all of these have very the shooting standard. side right 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 they in the like in the armed forces they call it the tip of the spear um, no, i think they call it the shooty one i like that we'll call it the shooty side yeah you want to stay away from the shooty side that's 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 where <laughs> things get uh things get a little spicy over there um but yeah, so um, in the case of the computers, a lot of it boils down to um, updating your certificates, making sure that you don't get locked out, making sure that the passwords remain concurrent. There's password expiration windows that occur and transpire. They, you know, uh, so much of army logistics on the computer side is basically having help desks ready. So that Joe Army or Fred Saylor can call and go, I'm locked out. And then the operation center, the call center, basically, the help desk says, okay, tell me your computer, tell me your serial number, tell me your model number, and I'll reset your password. And that's there, there is a lot, a lot of Army logistics that goes into that, and Air Force and Space Force, et cetera. And then on the car side, on the, on the military equipment and vehicle side, there's a lot of care and feeding that goes into you got to squirt a little bit of oil in here. You got to make sure that the only the proper amount of gasoline has been put in. If you put in too much gasoline, then, you know, X mechanical engineer and Y data scientist in Z, you know, laboratory 30 years ago determined that if you put in exactly 31, you know, liters of gasoline as opposed to 30 and you leave that vehicle on a tarmac for two years, that at year, 2.1 the vehicle will explode so do not put in more than 30 you know liters of gas um yeah, then the then the car thing becomes a shooty thing yeah then the car thing becomes a gun thing and you don't want to that's that's where you didn't sign up to be part of that um and then the <laughs> the gun stuff all really kind of boils down to um care and cleaning uh, making sure that, the, you know, the, the, the weapon is oiled, um, making sure that you can still disassemble it and reassemble it. Um, no rust, no locking of any of the mechanisms that are involved in getting 
the gun to kick the projectile out of itself. Um, but really the ones that I love and the reason that I love them are any of the ones that are tied to uh, mobile uh, vehicular platforms or computer platforms, because all of the military always is concerned with the tip of the spear. They're always <laughs> like, we need to make sure that the missiles work correctly. We need to make sure that the, you know, the um, missile guidance systems work correctly. We need to make sure that we've got the latest, you know, weaponry and equipment and stuff like that. And then they kind of forget about the computers and the cars. Um, <laughs> now in a, and this is one of the few cases where I'm, I'm going to be a little bit hoorah, a little bit, you know, go army, go USA. In the case of the United States Armed Forces, we do an exceptional job at military logistics. It is, Hooray. it is a, it is a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, no. Um, motor pool, motor Yeah, pool. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hooray, depots. Um, but yeah, it, we actually do a really, really good job of that. And the, basically the biggest reason that we as an, uh, as a giant armed forces um, got good at that was because of the nightmare of logistics that was getting thousands of airplanes over to Europe and thousands of airplanes and boats and tanks over to tiny chains of islands in the middle of the Pacific almost 80 years ago. You know, it, it, army logistics really came into its own. Military logistics really came into its own during World War II. Um, and then it's just oh, been kind of a, yeah, it's it's been a thing that's been kind of slowly and steadily perfected ever since. Um, but um, th the thing that's that's really funny about that to me is that for every dyed-in-the-wool curmudgeon 50 to 70 year old army logistician who has been doing this since Vietnam and understands why that comma got placed into that line of the um, military standard spec, which we're going to go into in a minute here uh, for every one of those, for every one of the, 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 the old salts that know this stuff and could, and could breathe it. There are five new uh, dudes that have graduated from like Air Force officer prep school or have come into the Air Force from the civil sector that came from getting like a master's in business that come in. And one of the first things that comes out of their mouth is, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to shake things up a little. We're going to start, <laughs> we're going to start running this. See, see, we're, we're getting too bogged down with red tape. And so yeah, what they, we're going to do is we're going to, at the Pentagon. Yeah, yeah. They they say <laughs> they love it when the new guy shakes things up at the Pentagon. That's oh yeah, crazy. oh yeah. It's it's just accepted <laughs> with open arms. Yeah, it's it's just universally loved. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, we've been waiting for you. Yeah, Finally. right. Yeah, they 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 bring out the the Iron Throne and they say we've had this made just for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so you know, uh, FNG. Uh, manager or, or, or business lead or, or someone who has uh, um, received this promotion uh, through no fault of their own uh, <laughs> um, ends up some, you know, they'll, they'll get business practices basically in the back of their head and they'll get excited about the idea of applying business practices to the process of doing military stuff, army, Navy, uh, space force, air force, what have you. And they, they'll run it like fast and loose right into a metaphorical wall. And that wall is often the moment that they get to a point where they've asked X, Y, and Z person to take so-and-so car or computer, uh, whatever version of it you want to think about, to so-and-so location. And the supply chain has broken down. At which yeah. point, the Army logistician <laughs> or the Air Force logistician or the Space Force logistician, whatever, gets on the phone <laughs> and says, not only do I know that you are wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but you signed the document at some point indicating that you understood how to be right. 
and here you are. <laughs> and I've now worked. I've now worked in government, and I have supported the Air Force, the Space Force, and now the Navy for six years. And it happens once every eight months, and it is so delicious. Like That's it awesome. is like. It is like the South Park Comcast guys rubbing their nipples delicious. It is like, oh, oh, it's going to happen again. It is it, it is so, so funny because as someone that does engineering and kind of overlaps into program management and, and, and logistics, I am the folks that I work with that know the military standards or, or know standard operating procedure or practices see this stuff coming from a mile away and we'll say it about once every two weeks and we'll yeah. keep saying it's it's coming where there is a there is a failure that is about to occur in the logistics <laughs> because someone has chosen not to follow military standard or someone has chosen to try and ignore um the standards and practices right yeah and then when it happens we just sit back there and we all go oh <laughs> it happened we and saw yeah, the future and, oracle and delphi and, and whether uh yeah and I, it's not it's not unique to uh the military and the government no. you know whether it's a business or tech or construction yeah. or whatever you know i i uh work in online marketing and my dad is a retired electrician and we both have oh, seen yeah. the same thing where you know it with with my dad, you know, he was, my parents taught me good lessons when I was like mm -hmm. in middle and high school, Right. vague lessons that apply to any career, right. which is uh, the more money you make, the less you do, which has mm -hmm. turned out to be true, which is yeah. neat. Uh -huh. um, and I mean, I do a lot, but I don't do as much as when I was stocking grocery shelves or you know, working in a pizza joint. Right. <laughs> I'm not, or working in a warehouse. Like, I'm right. not as sweaty. <laughs> right. Um, and the other thing, is, uh, that, that's what my mom taught. Uh, and my dad taught me the, the, you know, how whatever escalator and elevator up and down the pyramid, the message mm -hmm. goes of, in his, uh, as, as an electrician for him it was the architect says oh this is going to be great yeah the engineer says well, well that's not going to work it has to be uh -huh. like this uh -huh. and the foreman says what no that doesn't work <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. Yep. it has to be like this and then, <laughs> then the guy gets there on the job site and he's like that's eh, supposed to be like this but uh well, right. I won't fit, so I'll just right. do it this way. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting 30 of these the other way, and I will be putting this in the other way, because if we do it the way that the architect and the engineer outlined, people will die. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. like, well, that'll start a fire, so I'm going to do it this way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then yep. the architect gets the credit and glowing accolades. Oh, of wow, course. this is genius. <laughs> <laughs> This amazing building. Yeah, but the reason they the building is still there is because the line man that did the installation of the light switches right. made sure that the circuit wasn't going backwards. Yeah, yeah. the lineman, the plumber, the contractor, the electrician. Right. <laughs> they're all right. like, uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're like, this. Yeah, fuck you. Now I'm gonna go home and eat lasagna and, and hate on you while you're on CNN talking about your fucking building. Um all right, so the one but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, do you want to tie it back to the? Yes, I do. What you're reading about the uh, the I missile? Am, I am primed and ready. Tires. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of. Are I you there yet, the... or do you want to come back later? No, I kind of walked the dog out on that one. That one's that one's pretty much done. Basically, all of those well, trucks. Tell the, them the, the Russian... punchline now. Oh, the punchline. Um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, to, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That no, yeah, no. The punch, the punchline is basically that the Russian convoy, the the sixty plus. I'm, I'm looking at the thread right now. Um, there are, and, and Trent says there are sixty plus Russian army trucks crowded and parked on this raised roadbed to avoid the fate of being uh, a mud bogged Panzer S1, which is the the type of missile truck, right? Um, so this, this one picture of this Panzer S1, uh, missile truck, um, with the tires 
One of the tires bowed on his axle, one of the tires completely stripped. And mind you, these are like beyond farmer like tractor tires. These are military grade tires. So they're they're designed to like not pop and not shred and et cetera. Um right. yeah, like five, six feet right. tall. Yeah. They are Enormous. falling they are falling off of this truck. They are literally <laughs> falling off of this truck. There is there is one in this picture. You should go check out the dude's thread oh, one more time. I'll, I'll, I'll do it one more time. It's uh, at sign Trent, T-R-E-N-T, Telenko, T-E-L-E-N-K-O, no dashes or spaces. Um, and, and look for his, his analysis on, on the, the Panzer S1s. But the, the picture is just hilarious from a, from a, a military logistician perspective because one of the tires is bent up on its axle. The other tire is bent the other direction on the on 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 its axle, and then one of the tires is just straight up gone and off in the corner of the picture, um, with nothing but a bare axle there. These um, these Panthers are based off of, as far as I was reading in, in in the thread, they're based off of kind of a generalized NATO design, and the generalized NATO design has a series of standards that are built in for how to keep um, the tires from experiencing wear and tear. Right. And that if you leave a military vehicle such as this in one place for longer than, you know, X months or Y years. And, and he's he basically nailed it because he knew all of the standards and he had right. read all the diagrams. He was basically like, I can conclude based on looking at those tires that no one has exercised that vehicle for more than a year. And so there they are. Russian uh, missile trucks stuck in Ukraine, not able to move forward because somebody somewhere in the Russian military said, nah, we don't have to follow the, the NATO standards that somebody came up with for these trucks. Um, <laughs> right. Just what could happen? Come yeah. On. What's the, uh, you know, is the truck still in one piece? Yeah. Then we're fine. We don't have to do anything. Yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> meanwhile someone somewhere in russian army logi is having that same euphoric moment that 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 uh uh my friends and i have occasionally anyway um yeah with an extremely heavy bad hollywood accent yeah <laughs> right. you signed paper that said that this that you comrade look is perversely satisfying we were not wrong, do it wrong. <laughs> yeah right all right. You chose to be wrong. Yeah, you have chosen to be wrong, and here you are. You have signed it. Yeah, of course. If they did that in Russia, uh, they would just be um, disappeared. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm going through this thing, through this guy's thing, trying to find the thing you're talking about, and he, oh my god, a video of Ukrainian civilians stealing a two B. One one hundred and twenty millimeters. Oh, still in the tanks. Mortar yeah, <laughs> from the Russian army. It's just a giant gun. Yeah, and they're riding off on their motorcycles, towing <laughs> it, giggling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Wow. That yeah, rules. it is the ultimate. Like um... <laughs> they're just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Found. All right. So yeah, well, Keep... you you don't got no wheels. Where's your wheel? <laughs> Where's your wheel? You ain't got Where's no your wheel? tires, buddy? Oh, you lost your tire. Oh, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, these are. Oh, that's a different thing. Yeah. See, I'm looking for the. I'm looking for the one you were talking about, and I keep finding. He just keeps posting. Yeah, it keeps scrolling down. It was a handful of days ago. Um. All right, he's he's constantly posting, so I'm not going to find it. But yeah, yeah, it is it is some some uh, candy and popcorn of just oh, that's broken. Oh, it was that it was uh, Whoops, it was the second. That. Yeah, yeah, it was March second. Um, but yeah, just look for the it's uh, and you'll it. find it. You'll find it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, it's the one he starts oh, with. This no. is a this is a thread that will explain the implied poor Russian army truck maintenance practices based on this photo of a Panzer S1 wheeled gun missile systems right rear I pair of it. tires. Yeah, God, it's I so good. It oh, oh, it's so no. good. 
Yeah. Dum-dum. Now you too can revel in that moment of logistical <laughs> euphoria along with me. <laughs> and I love the guy, the guy at the back who's like looking in. He's like, yeah. Try it now. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. My favorite thing is his, my favorite thing in all of these pictures has got to be the pictures of the Russian soldiers standing aside near their vehicles with this face of just like, man, you know, like that, that, that face you make when you realize that you fucked up so bad that there's no way you're saving yourself from this. Like you're going to have to call this in and you're hating yourself for it. Just that like, Oh wow. man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Try it again. That's yeah, what, that's what that dude's face said. Yeah. Uh, try it again. <laughs> when you when you don't know how to fix it, and you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So I I I, I just fantastic. I giggled my little took us off with that. Um. So let's talk about. Uh, again, jingoism, uh, go army, woo, yay, America. Uh, let's talk about a, um, a, an armed forces that gets it right. Uh, which is, which is our armed forces. Um, the, the the American glamorous part part will never make it onto a poster. Yeah. Yeah. You'll never see it in a recruiting office. Which is quite honestly the reason that I love it because it's invisible and silent, but it's, it like it. Yeah it keeps us from having moments like the one in that Twitter thread. Um, let's talk it about it. occurred to me that you and I do similar things on completely opposite businesses. corners of the world. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, I do QA for online marketing and you do QA for shooty things. Yes. 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 <laughs> well, yeah. Essentially shooty things. It's, it's, it's shooty computer trucks. Yeah, it's it's one link away from the uh, the shooty computer trucks. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the standard, and if you Google it, you'll find it. The standard, the one that um, <clears throat> nearly all um, American Armed Forces is uh, tested to, is mil dash std dash eight ten eight one zero g. Um, and I know that my, uh, my armed forces buddies are listening out there and they're, and they're, they're all going, Oh, as soon as they hear that, um, in exhaustion, because it gets referenced all the time. Um, it establishes the fundamental, uh, template for, um, all environmental qualification testing and what standards a, uh, any sort of system. Any and all system uh, systems that that get tested uh, before they come out of the other side of um, the, uh, the 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 test and evaluation process must go through. In some cases, and again, this comes back to that categorization of car, computer, or gun. Not all of these um, things in the MIL standard eight ten G are going to be things that apply to each one of those systems that go into the uh, test and evaluation rigmarole. But there are there is enough overlap that this document kind of serves as, an, as kind of an overarching guide, right? Um, as a matter of fact, another as an aside is um, my buddy, uh, uh, my, my army buddy, he and I, he, he um, I wanted to purchase a, um, a, a pistol so that I could go shooting with um, oh, about two or three years ago. And, uh, rocket transport. Yeah, but you know the rocket transports were outside of my budget, so I just went with a tactical pistol instead. Um, hmm. And he was giving me all these different options uh, as he and I were kind of talking them back and forth, and uh, you know about what I wanted, and you know how much kick I wanted, you know because I just wanted to put holes in paper targets. And um, he was like, "Well, here's the one that I like, and here's the one that is the the um, uh, U.S. Armed Forces standard issue right now." It's the the Sig Sauer M18 P320, and I was like, okay, well, I mean, I like that you like it, but I'm still not like fully sold on it. And he was like, okay, well, would it sell you if I told you that this was the gun that passed the most 
of the tests from mill standard 810G. And I was like, oh my God, yes, I'm sold. Oh. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that one. I want that one. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the, uh, the consumer reports of yeah, the it's the military, military equivalent of the consumer reports guide. Yeah, exactly. But that's the interesting. I'll, I'll get into that actually, because if I if I do the deviation right now, I'm gonna spend way too long on the deviation. Um, because <laughs> you know me well enough to know that we'll be off on the tangent for for fucking ever. Um, so <laughs> I'm not I'm not encouraging said, anyone after actually, the after the half hour Ukraine story. Exactly right, which I finally <laughs> wrapped up. Um. I'm not telling anyone to actually go do this because you will be bored to death if this isn't uh, either uh, a thing that you enjoy or get off on. Um, but uh, the MILD standard 810G uh, PDF is out there. Uh, it can be found when Googled. It is an unclassified document. Um, but I'm looking at the page that goes through all of the laboratory test methods. And all of the laboratory test methods basically are... Um, the rough rubric they're the rough guide to all of the things that you're going to throw at your car computer or gun and i'm going to go through the list real quick here so let's let's here are all of the different standards that a uh device that's going through the uh test and evaluation rigmarole are are going to be tested to uh before they come out the other side and get placed in the hands of joe army or fred sailor right Low pressure okay. altitude, high temperature, low temperature, temperature shock. In other words, extreme heat, extreme freeze, contamination by fluids, solar radiation. And we've all been there. Solar radiation, continuous sunshine exposure, rain, humidity, fungus, salt fog, sand and dust. Wait, go back one? Yes. What is, what is salt? Fog. Salt fog? Why? Oh, is that like fog if you're on the ocean? It's ocean fog. They get That's fog exactly. in the morning? Okay. Yep, okay. exactly. Blowing sand and dust. Explosive atmosphere. Immersion. <laughs> acceleration. <laughs> vibration. Acoustic noise. more fun. Oh, time. yeah. Oh, you're goddamn right. It gets it's, more fun. It's going up the yeah. fun scale. Yeah. Shock. Pyroshock. Acidic atmosphere. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Gunfire shock. Where's Temper and then and where's then this that one. transformer? Pyro this, shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's his brother gunfire shock. The two of them are like a combiner team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite one because it's all lumped together in one category. Because you can do all of these with these amazing devices. Um uh, temperature and humidity chambers. I, I fucking love them. I used to buy them for both commercial side and military side. Uh, temperature, humidity, vibration, and altitude. All together now in one category. It's like, <laughs> you're done doing one? Now let's put them all together. Yeah. The, uh, um, the variety pack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Collect them all. Icing and freezing rain. Finally, of the shock family, ballistic shock. Uh, vibroacoustic and temperature combined together. Freeze thaw, Ooh. in other words, going from extremely cold to extremely warm. Time waveform replication. I don't even know that one off the top of my head. Rail impact, multi exciter testing, mechanical vibrations of shipboard material, environmental engineering program guidelines, laboratory test method. Um, and then world climactic region. So then you get into area of operation uh, or, or um, area of responsibility in terms of like there's going to be regional standards uh, for, for testing some of these things. In other words, uh, mill standards for something in the Pacific are going to be different from mill standards for something in Middle East. So. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. And then. Um, the fun thing is that then if you go down into each one of these subsets of tests, um, it defines the minimum and the maximum threshold for uh, to the extent to which your car, gun, or computer can succeed, can pass or fail before 
throwing any of these things, rain, humidity, fungus, salt, fog, et cetera, at that thing produces a fail scenario, right? Um, and the thresholds change um, depending on the, the thing that's under, you know, test. But then when it comes out of the other side of the test and evaluation rigmarole, it is then given a set of ranges, right? You know, for example, um, this is, you know, the, the, the device will go through what is called an environmental qualification test, EQT. And it, it environmental qualification testing is basically you take this object to a break shit lab and you see how long you can fuck with it until it breaks, right? So, awesome. right, yeah, it's super awesome, right? It's basically you get into, you're playing Mythbusters at this point, all right? Right, um, right. Yeah, that's so, the home version. Right, right. So, um, uh, physical shock. That's uh, you get you get the biggest crane you can find, and you get the component like shock parameters on the individual components inside. You go to the individual parts manufacturers, and you say, "Do you have a guideline or a range for you know how much how far I can drop this thing before it breaks?" And if the component manufacturers come back and say, oh, my God, no, that's a computer. We never thought about that. Then you go, OK, well, now that we have it all together in a box, let's see if it survives a three foot drop. Uh, still turns on. Let's try a six foot drop. Uh, still turns on. All right. Let's try a 12 foot drop. Oh, my God. The thing is in 45 pieces. Well, oh, there you, we go. Yeah. You cannot drop this thing beyond 12 foot. <laughs> Done. Right. And then you that's a line item. That becomes a line item in your EQT, right? Then you go on to the next one, all right? So let's put it in a five-gallon bucket and pull it back out. Does it still turn on? All right, let's do a 12-gallon bucket. Let's put it down at the bottom. Yeah, it still turns on. All right, let's put it, let's put it in a swimming pool. All right, all right. We pulled it out, and, and now it's soaking, what? and now it's producing sparks. So, uh, you know. Now, did, does it ever get to, to like, yeah, I, I started thinking of like, Let's cover it in bees. <laughs> Fill it with honey. Right, right, let's, right. <laughs> I mean, you're not far off, right? Uh, right? Because like a minute ago, we talked about, where was it? Fungus. We talked about the fungus, right? So I've, right, never, yeah. I've never seen that one tested, but apparently that's one where they have a specific set of, of like mushroom fungus or something like that, that they set up in a temperature and humidity chamber and they introduce it into an environment around the device and they let it sit in there for two and a half weeks, uh, maybe three weeks, maybe a month, something like that. And then they open the device and they basically see if the fungus is grown inside of it. Um, yeah, it's, hey, it's great. Yeah. It's fucking cool as hell. And, and, and this, um, I, I'm telling you, and, and you've heard me say this a handful of times before. Um, this is the job I want when I retire because it's, it's so it's dumb fun wrapped around um, very important standards um, that produces a very important test report, which goes into the field and tells Joe Army and Fred Saylor how far you can push this thing before it really will break. And you know this because you, the guy or girl who runs the test lab, really did push it to the point where it oh, broke. Right. And then you wrote down the point at which it did not break. Right. So I broke yeah. it 46 ways and here yeah. they are. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You can do you can you can operate this thing from line item one through forty-five. Uh that is your parameters, right? If you do 46, it will break, right? And then that goes into the report. That goes into the document, right? And and it's all done based on off of mill standard eight ten G. Then from there, it then gets it gets baked into the 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 e, the environmental qualification test results. The EQT test results then become part of a set of standards. They become requirements further on down the line, and then they become baked into program requirements when these when these various programs for the car gunner computer um, roll up the chain. Right. And that's, that's, if you can, if you tie the big loop all the way in a circle, that's where you get to someone somewhere did the EQT. They finished the EQT. They published the EQT. They then scooped the guts 
of the test results out of the EQT and they dumped them into the requirements document for this car gunner computer. They then passed the requirements document on to some program manager somewhere and said, this is the requirements or this is the requirements document for how this device will operate safely and correctly. Buried inside of it are the EQT results. We have made them easy to read so that you don't have to, you know, look at each individual line item. You can just say, aha, operates between temperatures A and B, operates in solar exposure up to, you know, five days, um, operates in up to five gallons of water, but not six, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've made it really simple so that, you know, when Joe Army or Fred Saylor get this, they can spot check it and they can go, okay, all right, can't do it in five. Got it. Right. And then years down the road, <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Someone somewhere at the Pentagon or the Air Force or the Space Force or the Navy or what have you puts their hands on their hips and they go, well, I'm terribly disappointed about the fact that this piece of equipment that we put out there in the field has failed, and I cannot wrap my head around the fact that it failed, and and I'm just completely confused, and it's it's very frustrating, and you know the 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 armed forces were you know counting on us in this scenario, and you know it's it absolutely must be our fault, and the army and the air force and the navy uh, logisticians pull out that document, and they point at it and they go, I told you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking told you, bro. You know, they give a little salute and say, "You pinhead." Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's it. That's that's uh, that's why I love this because um, it starts really fun. It ends up producing something that is essentially very safe and very life saving, um, and hopefully, um keeps joe army or fred sailor out of trouble but every once in a while when right. a dopey failure occurs uh you know <laughs> god god hope you know because the, the one thing i will note the one thing i will note is that there is an element of this that is deadly serious some of the mill standards and there was the need for an eqt do come out of the wild and crazy 1960s and 1970s era of taking America's best test pilots and putting them in essentially rockets with wings and saying best of fucking luck. Right. So mm, there's a reason we yeah. don't do that anymore. And it's baked into this, right. It's that comes back to something that you'll also hear OSHA people talk about. That's another one that we'll do another day. Uh, OSHA regulations folks talk about this and the CE folks, the folks in the, the, the European um, standards of uh, electronic equipment uh, they all refer to it as written in blood, right? Some mm. of these requirements oh, are wow. in here because they were written in blood, right? The the yeah. reason that we do this test for high temperature or for, you know, um, high pressure environment is because the pilot popped above a certain pressure, you know? So that's why they're in here. And so there is an element to these that is deadly serious. The nice thing is now that we've been doing these for about, 40 to 50 years so we've gotten most of the death out at this point it's down to dopey goofball mistakes by somebody that's come in and taken over for somebody else um we've gotten put that on your uh the giant sign in your office we yeah most of the death out yeah military logistics we are in most of the death out 40 to 50 years ago <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? Oh you you God. got me on Pratchett recently. Um, that feels like something very Pratchett. You know, I could I could hear that sure. coming out of one of the voices of uh, one of the the yeah. the knights the knights watch the the watchman guys. You know, oh, oh well, we got no. most of the death out about four to five years ago. <laughs> yeah, no one. Yeah, no one's died in one of our experience for right. weeks. Yeah, right, right. Well, we wrote a whole I mean, document about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you're one of the old, uh, the academic wizards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. I think that's kind it of also it. reminds me of uh, the um, the folks that like to. I mean, you, you talked about OSHA, but also, yeah. uh, I guess the civilian 
equivalent would be the 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 people with the crash test dummies. Essentially, yes. But that's one the of the things car companies, the car yeah. safety people. One of the things that's that's <laughs> frightening, damning, uh, sends a shiver down your spine. Uh, you know, any variation of those um, is that. Um, there is not really an American standardized regulatory commission um, through which consumer electronics or vehicles have to go. It is really more of a, um, you know, you choose a private lab or you choose a private organization to which you want to demonstrate certain standards. And then you go and you get that um, kind of certificate that says oh, right you know, but it is unlike it is unlike in like in europe across europe um the uh the like ce the, uh, health and safety yeah exactly yeah right. yeah right the the ce marking that you'll sometimes see on the back of um uh some electronic equipment um is a it, it is it's not, i'm not finding the acronym for it but i think it's the i think it's like the european um consumer electronics uh board or something like that um it basically is a european standard that uh any device that has been manufactured any electronic device that has been manufactured and and um you know distributed in europe is is not going to kill you or, or, um, you know, that it meets a certain number of health, safety, and environmental regulation protection standards, somewhat similar to the mill standard and somewhat similar to the OSHA standard. The thing that's interesting though, is that in Europe, it's, it's unified. You have to have the CE marking on the back of your electronics. Whereas in the United States, um, it's kind of your mileage may vary. Uh, there is underwriters laboratories, right? Like, um, you know, making sure that a thing meets a UL standards, um, or making sure that uh, something meets um, certain American consumer electronics standards, but it's a little bit more your mileage may vary. And that's because of the not like wholly unregulated market in the United States, but more because of the American market expectation that your product mm. will have been tested before it arrives in a human's hands so that you don't right. kill the human so that you don't get sued because that's something that we really yeah. love over here. You know? Yeah. The, the more, um, yeah, it's more yeah. about how this could cost us a lot of money. If we, right. if we kill all the consumers, right. And we'll buy it. Yeah, exactly. It's less about protecting the consumer and more about protecting the company making the product from the lawsuit. Yeah. Um, on Which, another you know, day means to an end. Yeah. It's yeah. getting tested, so yeah, okay. it's another variation of written in blood, essentially. Um, I uh, uh, we're gonna do we we're gonna do another. Um, I'll I'll need <laughs> I'll need another like whole podcast to talk about OSHA because um, back when I worked at at the airport and then um, I was a lab manager for a few years at a commercial test lab. Um, oh my God, Dan! I will tell you what there are days. There are fucking days where um, these people, as part of my job as a govy um, or as a defense contractor, where people will, will walk me into government buildings or into laboratories or into factory environments, uh, warehouse environments, and they'll say, and now we're going to show you our lab or our depot or our factory floor. And having spent years memorizing OSHA regulations and ISO 9000 uh, consumer electronic standards for those exact environments that they're walking me through. There's this little ticker that's going in the back of my <laughs> head of all of the like non-compliance that I yeah. see. And going, nope, nope, yeah, nope, yeah, nope, yeah, nope, nope, yeah. Nope. And, <laughs> and little little Aaron walking around with these titans of the military industrial complex is just getting increasingly depressed as he looks at these work environments and going, Oh God. Oh yeah. God. None of this is going to be addressed ever, you know. Right, uh, right. Yeah. The, but yeah. Uh, whether it's whether it's public or private, the yeah. uh, the number one dominant force 
is inertia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, inertia and and um, the grand suck of oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to it. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. What about that insulation that's coming out of the side of the factory? Well, oh, I don't want to do that today. I'll put uh, in a ticket for that. I'll get to it tomorrow. Shove it back up there. It'll be all right. Wow. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna do another. <laughs> we'll do another episode one of these days. Uh, I, I I need enough mental and intellectual inertia, and, uh, and I need enough coffee to do my uh, OSHA episode because <laughs> that one is gonna include uh, spicy anecdotes and um, stories. And I gotta, I gotta figure out how neutral I can make some of the stories so that I'm not like, <laughs> you know, incriminating myself. Um, it sounds like we gotta put a few drinks in Aaron. Yeah, some tea. Yeah, I need. I yeah, I think that's one where like I need like. Uh, oh God, what was what was the that Godforsaken drink that that everybody was drinking when we were uh, in college? Uh, a Jaeger bomb. Yeah, I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need when the we, Red Bull to oh keep me God. awake. I'm going to need the yeah. Red Bull to keep me awake and the Jaeger, the Jaegermeister to get me like slobbery and angry. So yeah. yeah. And one then, of these days, yeah, I'll down a Jaeger bomb. Hyper yeah. and yeah. <laughs> hyper and drunk instead of yeah. sleepy and drunk. Yeah. When, yeah. In, when we first moved to Richmond, uh, right after I finished college, uh, yeah. Mary and I would, I, we had a couple of big like plastic cups from like a gas station right you know the big like you know whatever if it was seven yeah like the, the monster big or whatever yeah right right so like 22 32 ounce cup right and uh we would fill that with jaeger bomb and just sip it. oh god yeah yeah that's not a pounding drink that's a sip <laughs> wow so, yeah we and that was uh, and then we died every single night. Yeah, we, right, right, right. Our hearts exploded and our liveries yeah. Yeah. had a, a little attack. suitcase yeah. and put on a little hat and left. <laughs> okay, well, nice try this week. Maybe next week. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> and then slammed the door on our torsos. And yeah, went, right. How could you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was... We were, uh, we, yeah, you know, it's, it's the, the stupid age. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and uh, having, stupid age. having done a handful of those in the course of my life, uh, that's one of those where I think, you know, A, I don't think I ever want to do them again. And B, no. if I wanted to uh, gin up the, the amount of rage that I have about uh, things that I've seen where people have not followed OSHA standard, I think that would be appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that'd be a good one. Yeah. I before we close this episode <laughs> out, I will say this as as kind of a preview from you know it's it's kind of starting to fall into place that we should probably do the ocean one the next time. So I'll I'll, I'll get my my ducks in a row for that. But um, okay. my favorite sign is uh, on the on the um, the carpentry. Um, uh, Oh God! Not office. Um, uh, on the uh, on the door to the 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 um, the carpentry shack shed. Oh God, my my brain is failing. Um, the the warehouse. Anyway, depot. Um, depot. Yeah, the, we'll call oh. it depot. I like that. We'll go with that. The the carpet shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's shop. It's been a long week. <laughs> It's been a long week. It's so Friday sorry. night. Yeah, I'm so I'm I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Shop is the uh, word. It's the word. Shop. Tonight's password is shop. Yeah, right. So Pee Wee Herman's gonna come out. And, yay! Um, yeah, shop. Uh, the carpentry shop had this had a sign on it. Uh, that said, um. If you think OSHA is a small town in uh, Wisconsin, you are in for a rude surprise. And that's always mm. stuck with me for the rest of my, it was all done up in like OSHA regulatory signage and stuff like that. But th no. that's one that I, I've, I've liked that one ever since I was uh, employed over there. But yeah. All right. So yeah, I think I'm yeah, going to wrap this up. 
this is the ending of our military logistics and um, mill standard uh, episode of the Lycorama. Dan, why don't you sing us out? <laughs> I like that.